raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. It's a beautiful day. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. You can find him all on social media at Indy Spanglish. He's a hot take machine on social media. He also is a uh, fill-in host here at 93 WIBC. Jerry Lopez, Indy Spanglish. Happy New Year, my friend. How are you? Hey, Happy New Year. Doing great. Doing great. How are you guys? I've got the uh, keg tapped. I've got the wings in the smoker getting ready for that state of the uh, state address from Governor Holcomb (laughs) tonight. Uh, It's going to be a big party at the Nigel household. What about at the uh, Lopez household? What do you think we're going to see tonight from old um, high-tax Holcomb, as Rob Kendall calls him? Yeah, I think we're going to see a big nothing burger. He's going to go up there and pretend like he's done a bunch of stuff. Now, I will I will say that uh, Governor Holcomb had to have played basketball because for his whole administration, he's faked right and went left, in my opinion. <laughs> um, there's been no doubt about it. I, I don't have any personal issue with him, but I think that he's been the weakest of all, of all conservative governors across the country. With the mass mandates and different things like that, he's done very little to support us. Yeah, when you mentioned having something personal against him, I, I like the guy before COVID, and he was no different than these uh, left-wing blue state governors during that time period. And I just, I, I have no respect for that. Yeah, I agree completely. And that that's my only issue is I feel like he didn't stand up for individual responsibility or any individual rights. He kind of placated to, to the whole corporate machine, and it just rubbed me the wrong way. So I'm ready for the next one. Let's see what happens. And you talk about things being personal. It was Governor Holcomb that made it that way. When there was a protest on the lawn at the governor's mansion of business owners who didn't want anything else other than the right to open up their businesses. They weren't breaking windows. They weren't writing graffiti. They weren't blocking the street. They just wanted to open up their businesses. And Governor Holcomb called them a Petri dish. And like Nigel said, that's where he lost me. Yeah, it, it, the, the the personal attacks from him felt very similar to the personal attacks that the left lobs over at us as well. Yes. And it just didn't feel like he really supported us. And, and in a and in a state that's handed the supermajority over and over and over and is consistently red, I would expect him to, to back the constituents. And it just didn't seem to be the case. Jerry Lopez with us. All right. One week away from the Iowa caucus. And it feels like we have this conversation every four years, Jerry. Everybody spent so much time and effort and money on Iowa when really, you know, it's not a deal breaker. I mean, you look at some of the folks that have won Iowa in years past, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, they didn't go on to be the nominee, but yet we're one week away. And look, I'll admit I'm kind of falling into the trap here. I'm curious. I'm excited to see what happens. What about you? You know, I think we know what's going to happen. I think we know Donald Trump's going to win Iowa. The the big thing is uh, who's going to have money left? Okay, because, you know, whether it's DeSantis or it's Haley, they're full court pressing ads. And I think that really their only chance is going to be what the Supreme Court says on February 8th about being able to take Donald Trump off the ballot. If they come back and say, look, states are within their their right to take him off. All of a sudden we got a three horse race. Right. But if they come out and say, no, you can't take him off. He didn't break any rules. I think these guys are just going to go away. I think February 8th is going to be a big day for those for those two people. There's a big difference between will Donald Trump beat Joe Biden in a general election and will they let him 
beat Joe Biden in a general election. Hundred percent. So I say, I say to everybody, if you believe the election was stolen, and I, and that's up for debate, I don't want to have that debate now. But if you believe it was stolen, what have we fixed since then to make sure it doesn't happen again? And the answer is nothing. We still have ballot harvesting. We still have no mandatory voter ID. We still have these drop boxes. We still know we're going to do mail-in ballots, especially if the COVID election variant comes through and they start throwing these ballots at everybody to send from home. So we've really rectified none of the issues that a lot of people have from that election. So there, there's your answer. Can he win? Sure, he can win. Will they let him win? I don't think that we've corrected anything to stop that from happening. Hmm. But really, the issue that you guys bring up it's really on the Republican Party because the rules are out there. The Republicans, if they wanted to, could go all in on ballot harvesting. They could have a big push for mail-in balloting. Now, they're doing a little bit more than they have in the past. They've got some program out there where they're encouraging people to bank their vote or something. But the rules of engagement, you might not like it, but they're the same. And the Republicans are just not very good at it. Yeah, I agree with you completely. We we are not good at offense. All right, the Republicans are not good at offense. If ballot harvesting is legal in certain states, we should be ballot harvesting in those states. We should be doing the exact same things. As long as they're within the confines of the law, we should be playing the whole game, right? Typically, we we show up on election day, right? And and now you have to worry about weather, you have to worry about circumstance, you have to worry about people being scared of COVID, you have to worry about all these things. We should be pushing people to vote as early as possible to try to get these numbers in. You bring up weather, and, and, and I think and, that's... And, and, and to take it back to the caucus, that's something that people are really concerned about. I guess there's supposed to be some really inclement weather in Iowa uh, next Monday, so people are worried about voter turnout. On, I was on just going to say, you bring up weather, that's going to be interesting next week, because it's supposed to be fugly in Iowa <laughs> for uh, caucus night, and if Donald Trump doesn't win in you know tremendous fashion, is that going to be considered a win for Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis? I mean, the only win that Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis can get is going to come on February 8th from the Supreme Court, right? So let me give you some polling. As of today, Donald Trump's at 51.3, DeSantis at 17, Haley at 15, Ramaswamy at 7. For context, no non-incumbent Republican has ever secured more than 41% of the vote in the caucuses. 41%. He's at 51. And no non-incumbent Republican has ever won by more than 12 points. He's up 30 points. Right. The last time we saw this was Al Gore. He got 63 percent of the vote in 2000. He beat Bill Bradley by 26 percent, barely won New Hampshire and then didn't lose another one the rest of the way out. Jerry Lopez is our guest on social media at Indy Spanglish. We played a clip yesterday on our show, Jerry. Oh, boy. Of the. Uh, I know where this is going. The DEI leader, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion leader of Google. And her message was pretty simple. If you are somebody that teaches your children that you shouldn't judge somebody by the color of their skin, you are a problem. Here's the uh, let, me, let me play the uh, let me quick clip if we could just suffer through it here uh, just for you. In the year 2023, it also amazes me how many people are like, well, I don't see color or it would be so much better if we just didn't worry about someone's skin tone. You as an individual are contributing to the problem because our broader society sees color and it's not just physically seeing a color. There is so much more to it than just that. And if you don't understand that, you are again part of the problem. And it's just to keep 
telling people that over and over is so frustrating. And I was just on TikTok and there's a trend where parents are teaching their kids not to see color, quote unquote. And I'm like, okay, so the next round of people that are going to be joining our work. Do I have to sit here and keep listening to this woman drone on? This is a major company. This is a major corporation. This isn't somebody with a podcast in their basement. That's the DEI leader of Google, Jerry. Quit saying leader. It's grifter. And she's probably making a seven-figure deal. How do you deal with your kids, man? I mean, I I, I totally, my kids don't know about racism. They're nine and 12 years old. They're innocent. So, funny story. So, uh, all my kids are um, multicultural or mixed, right? I'm the only Latino in these relationships, okay? And and around Black History Month, my oldest, she's 21 now, when she was maybe seven, she was going to elementary school. And they were doing a bunch of Black History Month stuff. And uh, she was in Carmel schools. And um, uh, they're showing all the videos, you know, making the blacks go to the end of the bus, they can't use the white water fountain, things like that, right? But they're pushing this on little kids, okay, that have no concept concept of what any of this stuff is, all right? Yeah. And uh, one day I get a call from the school, Mr. Lopez, I need you to come to school right now. There's been an incident with your daughter. And I'm like, excuse me? My heart is going like, not my baby. Here we go, right? And I show up and the principal looks at me and goes, oh, this should be interesting. And I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> well, well, evidently, my daughter made a comment to her good friend that was black about sitting in the back of the bus. And they tried to raise that as a racial event until I walked in and they go, oh, no, this is stupid. You know, like, oh, my it, gosh, we keep pushing this stuff on kids. Kids don't see race the way that we do. They don't care. Right. They, they don't care. And, they don't and the care. more I, the more I hear this, the more it's like the, the left is getting back to their racist roots. Right. Finally, they're being true to who they are. OK, so. This lady's upset that I won't be racist towards you? Like, isn't that the point of this whole thing? No, she, I mean, she wants people to notice skin color, which is the complete opposite of what Martin Luther King Jr. said. uh, You know, you're not supposed to see. She wants to be treated differently based off her race and skin color. Right. And I thought that was illegal. (laughs) (laughs) And Jerry, last year, we talked about this the other day. In 2023, I think the woke movement took some punches to the face, right? Whether it was Bud Light, whether it was Target, a lot of these companies that went super woke, it finally caught up with them. But it looks like, in terms of DEI in 2024, that movement is as strong as ever, and they're picking up a lot of big names, like Mark Cuban. He's all in on DEI now. Uh, if you have not seen this, this is this is George Foreman Muhammad Ali on X right now. You have you have America's African American Elon Musk against Mark Cuban just going at it right now. So it, it, there's another clip, another black CEO. All right, so she's the Maverick CEO, Cynthia Marshall. She's the first African American lady to lead the NBA team, but before that, she was the senior vice president, and chief diversity officer of AT and T. Okay, so this is Got who it. they brought in to be their CEO, all right? Not based on anything she's done in, in basketball. This is completely because of diversity. And she came out and basically just did a sit down with somebody talking about diversity and inclusion. And she said, uh, so we had a 100-day plan with forced training sessions, all right? So, so their four, their four uh, steps to this was they wanted to model zero tolerance. They set up a hotline for snitching on people. They, 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 they in her words, purged who needed to be purged, right? They set up a wow. one, yeah, 
they set up a Mavs woman's agenda, cultural transformation, which is basically just DEI, and then a ro- operational effectiveness, which is gender pay and equity, right? The funny thing is Elon comes out and he goes, okay, I get it. So, uh, so when should we expect to see a short white Asian on the uh, short white Asian woman on the Mavericks? I saw that, right? And Mark Cuban came back and he got quiet. But there's this account on there. It's We Woo W E I W U, who's now posted in a viral tweet. It says, "I play basketball. I be your point guard. Make Mavericks oh. most DEI." And wow. everybody is this has gone crazy. The Hodge twins are now like, "You better hire her. Or you're a white supremacist." Like it is going just. Back no, themselves no. into a corner, don't they? Yeah. Every time. Jerry, if somebody wants to uh, have a conversation with you, debate you, or follow you, how can they find you? Yep, I'm on X at Indie Spanglish. Jerry Lopez, Indie Spanglish, my man. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Have a great day. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.